Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell for episode 20. Continuing on from our last episode with Directors in Depth. Last time we were looking at Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. This time we'll be looking at Zack Snyder's brand new Army of the Dead from 2021. And bringing this episode with me, Seb. And me, Robbie. And usually we would kick off the show by talking about what we've just been watching. But we've actually we just finished just... watching Army of the Dead <laughs> about 10 minutes ago. So we're looking at just jumping straight into it. And kind of, mind, yeah, <laughs> there are there, there will be spoilers. Uh, we're not going to go through the film scene by scene, but we will be discussing key scenes. Um, and similar to what we did in our previous episode where we were looking at Zack Snyder, we're going to be looking at you know, does he follow through with some of these Snyderisms, if you'd call them? <laughs> uh, how does he get on with the film with returning back to horror about 16 15 years later? Um, and kind of covering our thoughts on the film and there is talks of a potential franchise and, and where where's this gonna go yeah um, so with with this we ha- we've been told in terms of that so far that there is an uh there is a prequel called army of thieves um which is going to be released sometime in the summer and there's also an anime that's going to ha- star uh, dave batista's character and that will kind of go into the background of his kind of story a little bit more yeah um so to get it off thinking about this this film, um, let's try and see if we can piece together a basic kind of yeah. synopsis of what this film is about. Um, I try first thing that pops in my head is basically what I keep saying everywhere, which is basically it's uh, it's basically Dawn of the Dead meets um, meets Ocean's Eleven meets a little bit of maybe Mad Max. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> um, it's got it's got a very it's got a very interesting uh, kind of. Uh, there's a there's quite a lot of them- thematically interesting things within the film. Yeah. Um, when we kind of when we were recording the episode live last week, you 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 might have heard if you listened to the episode that somebody commented uh, kind of regarding this idea of wokeism within Snyder, as a as a big theme within Snyder's kind of films. Um, and I was saying to Seb when we were watching it, I actually saw something that Snyder was saying and defending his film from people who were saying that there was a lot of kind of far-right rhetoric within his films. Um, and I think thematically, this film does kind of look... Um, yeah, I mean, most zombie films look at society as a whole, and there's definitely that within there. Um, I think the opening of this this film is is kind of a particularly strong point. Yeah. We, we weren't sure what we were going in for, you know. A lot of, a lot of Zack Snyder's films have this kind of... Uh, kind of gritty you know dark kind of realistic approach to them but this film it was kind of strange because it, it kind of it opens up a bit almost a bit tongue-in-cheek doesn't it, and it, it they, does. it's a lot more comedy than what i was expecting yeah it's a, it's quite light-hearted um we do open up with and this is a bit that like has been this 15 minutes was actually released a little bit in advance so i'd kind of already i'd seen this opening play out um i was a little bit naughty and got ahead of it um, very naughty, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I was just kind of curious as to what the tone would be like, and it definitely it opened straight away with two soldiers kind of having a bit of a banter back and yeah. forth about what could be in this carrier that they're going. And we also have a guy, uh, two uh, two people have just got married in Las Vegas, and there, you know, he's getting a but well, he's getting a blowjob, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from his new wife and not paying attention to the road. Um, Which, and... if you listen to our episode about 
oh no you didn't stupid decisions i commented that was a stupid decision yes it's definitely it's a stupid decision his eyes not really on the road um i mean to be fair i guess he thinks he's driving down nevada which is quite like open spaces you don't really expect but then this army convoy is coming down and we get the car literally just goodbye new newlyweds because it's just they just explode straight away into the bottom of a uh, into the bottom of the truck and we get that big explosion and the whatever they're carrying gets thrown across the desert yeah um and it's the figures that were watching it i mean that was that was one figure in my head i did a little bit straight away kind of pick up with like um thinking oh that's a bit like oh it just so happens that, yeah. that we crash in the middle of and it's really that that one went a little bit that was the only part of the opening was a little bit like that's kind of that is bordering on cliche that it just so happens that the one yeah. thing that shouldn't be released <laughs> yeah. is released by an accidental crash. In the, it's like it's like any like classic serial killer or even just any TV series where you want the criminal just so happens that when he's going, there's a crash that happens yeah. so you can just escape out of the back of the <laughs> armored deck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was what was kind of playing in my head as, as it went through. And also the kind of... I don't know. There is sometimes that Zack Snyder in some of his films does have a bit of this kind of humor, though. Yeah, he's. I mean, he does have. He does have a. He does have quite a strange taste of humor, doesn't he? Um, the yeah. thing that was going through my head when we had the opening scene was I was comparing it to Dawn of the Dead two thousand and four. Yeah. Where we open up and the kind of the zombie apocalypse, whatever you want to call it, outbreak had already happened. Um, and I kind of, you know, within that, there's a lot of questions about why did it happen? You know, is it is it hell closed, you know, being too full of people? Is it some biological weapon? You know, what is it? Whereas in this, it kind of does lean, you know, it kind of does lean into this being government, you know, because it's come from Area 51. Yeah. So it does point at a kind of a, an actual reason for it. Um, but the credit sequence at the start, I think, you know, I, it's the... I, I think it's it's very reminiscent of um what's that other one um fuck the other zombie film with an amazing credit opening and it's in slow motion and metallica for zombie land zombie land yeah it's, it was very zombie land yeah but to me it was there was kind of there were scenes where you know we we were kind of establishing that there was this um because we see the the zombie apocalypse kind of happen over the credit sequence yeah and las there, vegas kind of yeah bright lads <laughs> and there was and there was a i mean there was a lot of gore in this film which i do love and there's a lot of gore kind of in the credits yeah which i thought was really cool but then you had you kind of had a juxtaposition of things that were kind of quite um quite humorous you know like you had the elvis impersonator you know, you had a lot of stuff like that, but then you also had some fi- some things that actually made me think, like, "Oh, fucking hell, what are we in for?" Because there's, you know, you see, this is where we kind of established Dave Batista's character um, and the co- and the dude from Power and a couple of the other, you know, characters from this mercenary team. Yeah, um, with these like photo where they're standing there, yeah. with their photos of like what their life was like before in their hand, where it's kind of these odd like kind of. And I see what you mean with this juxtaposition because we have this weird, like, it's almost as if the, the serious, darker Zack Snyder is trying to escape, but at the same time, he's bringing this, like, brighter, it's like, no, I can be fun. I can yeah. be, I can be, it's kind of like, it does make me think of, like, Batman, like, when, with those films, 
sometimes the humor didn't always work with those superhero films because it because it just felt like it didn't match the tone of the film. Yeah. The film had been so dark to that point that when you throw in the humor, it's a bit like it feels weird. Why? Like why is this in this? It doesn't match up with what's happening. And I feel like in here, it's almost the opposite, where it's it's like the idea is, oh, this is like a zombie heist movie in Las Vegas. It should be bright. It should be fun. It should yeah. be, you know what I mean? It should be Ocean's Eleven. It should be like a fun kind of ride. And then, but in the middle of it, it's like Zack Snyder's still trying to push his kind of yeah. seriousness in there a bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, there, there was the, the particular scene where, I mean, yeah, we're getting into kind of spoiler territory, but yeah. the kind of building the, the blockade around vegas yeah and there's you know it, it shows one of dave batista's mercenaries has been searching for their daughter and then when they find it and they're, they're getting for the last crate that's get put down and they they don't get out and it's it's the that, daughter runs back and then like the mum like gra- like holds on to as the zombies and, are like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then the crate slams on them yeah kind of, yeah and it was i for me it was kind of like like you said you know we have this thing of zombie films and i've been saying for a long time that I wanted a big budget zombie film, but it did. This did tickle me, you know. Yeah. It did it? Did it got me going just right where I wanted it? <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's yeah. I mean, so already I kind of knew that there was gonna be, there was gonna be a light, a bit of a, you know, there was gonna be the action and the lightheartedness, but there was also gonna be a bit of seriousness to it, and like you said, that kind of darker tone. Yeah, and I could see, you know, where the um, where kind of Zack Snyder's political commentary does come in. We have the I'm not sure what they're called in America, but you know, it's like the ice camps or something like that. You know, with the yeah, well, that's they are the ice camps in America. Is that what they're, they're, called? they're ice? called ice? Yeah, they are, uh, that's what their their system is. Yeah. So with the Mexican immigration, um, immigration of any of that, like going to the camps and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a large, uh, there's a large bit of that that's kind of playing out that the and that they're also using it as a, a little bit of commentary on the whole Donald Donald Trump where he had the children and everything yeah. like inside of that and they were using the infection as a possibility to retain, attain the yeah because they because there was the you know there's the comment of I think you see on the TV where you know anybody who speaks out about the government or anybody who does something like this is kind of eliminated or taken to these camps so I could see that person who commented you know, saying, well, you know, potential wokeism in his films. But, yeah. and I, you know, it does, it, but I think of him more, more as looking at the kind of risks of totalitarianism, yeah. authority, you know. And because there is a scene where we kind of have this asshole guard. Um, I, you know, I'm bad with names. I can't, I couldn't remember anybody's name in this whole film. Um, <laughs> no, but that's I not, I gotta be that, honest, it's, yeah. it's not necessarily a bad. You just kind of get used to just seeing them, but I can't say that they say each other's names very often anyway. Not very often. So it's not very, like, they don't have these big credit sequence where they introduce each character and he's gathering his heist team together and it goes, you know, we have films where sometimes the name comes up yeah. on the screen. Like, there's nothing like that. So you don't really get a chance to, like, we'd literally have yeah. to look it up to find um, out. But we get the scene where this kind of asshole guard, um, Bert, Bert Cummings, as his name is, <laughs> uh, played by Fia Rossi. He was quite good, I thought. Um, you know he kind of uh he talks about you know people who step out of line in this camp and the first sign of kind of zombie um out you know of zombie infection is 
kind of going against social norms and kind of yeah. ice and stuff like that. So you can see how they use it as a way well, that, to kind of... Yeah, but even that, like, that feels a little bit almost like, is that actually one or is that one is that it, the yeah. government have said to kind of be like, to stop people getting out of line? That Oh, if you if you act out of line, we may believe that you are something Potentially. or not. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's the one thing that is a little bit murky is kind of that, as we said with the opening and the it coming from the government, is whether... Whether this is a zombie that's been created in a lab that is this alpha like alpha yeah. kind of zombie that we're kind of going after, or is this that the world has kind of has the world already been once kind of beaten by this in a kind of dawn of the dead like yeah that was in the past and they've managed to clear up the world and this is like one of the last remaining kind of ones left. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it is the the, the one in the lab, which kind of means that obviously like yeah. people were saying, was this a sequel to Dawn of the Dead? Because I know I don't think it is. I think it's just Zack Snyder revisiting some of the ideas that he kind of got when he was making Dawn of the yeah. Dead to kind of uh, bring back around. But I think with these kind of the zombies and things like that, it is kind of hard to know if there's any outreach apart from just Las Vegas. If like we think that this is the first outbreak, yeah. but then you've got these camps and stuff like that. So you assume that it's all just related around anyone that's been around Las Vegas is being Yeah, it's being kind know, of held in these camps. You assume. Um, which is kind of when the whole immigration thing kind of gets a bit confusing because the whole Las Vegas and that's kind of in the middle of the it's not really that close to where people break over borders and no, stuff. No, but I think um, it was more to do with just drawing, you know, kind of like a, drawing a parallel between yeah. I, this I think, kind of infection. I think you can say wokeism, but I think it's still, it's an interesting thing to say that, like, how would they treat it in certain situations? Yeah, I mean, I, like, I wouldn't I, say I even, like, jump at, you know, like, but... the end. Like, I'm, I'm literally jumping just as a thought because when I'm thinking about the government. So towards the end, when we have um, Dave Batista's uh, Scott Ward's daughter uh, in the middle of the, the desert, and this is after a whole nuke and stuff like that. So, yeah, spoiler. Yeah. But it, after a whole nuke and stuff like that, uh, has happened and things like that, and the helicopters come down, and we never actually we don't see what exactly happens to his daughter. No. You see what I mean? But I always think, I think in my head, I was very much thinking of like the way that the original Dawn of the Dead trilogy and yeah. it always had a very dark and thing. And that's why. I and I was almost expecting to get that one of those government comes out of that chopper and shoots her dead because if you're that close to it, I would imagine the government aren't going to take any chances. No. Anyone they find around that area, I think would just be. I feel like they would have got straight out of that helicopter and went. Bye. Yeah. Because if this is the government that he's pointing out that they're that kind of oversensitive that and they wanted to wipe out the zombies for good, then you're not going to take the chance that she's no. not got some kind of infection inside Definitely. or something. Um, so, but I think I say darker ending. <laughs> I, well, I think whilst this film does have, you know, like we've said, uh, it does have this this whole kind of a lot more colourful and a lot more kind of action oriented and and a lot more kind of humor within it there is a there is that undercurrent of darkness throughout the whole film i think just because you know that this is a zombie film and you know it's a big budget zombie film you know you're gonna have a big body count and you know quite a few yeah. of the characters that do get you know do come into it are going to die um, yeah and i think for the most part I think Snyder really delivered with this film. Um, well, it think, wasn't yeah, a perfect think, film. No, it's not. It's it's not a home run. I wouldn't no. say. I say that there are there are plenty of it, and weirdly, I'd say it is in this tone that we're talking about where it kind of becomes a bit of a. It almost feels a little bit like Zack Snyder's trying to prove people wrong that he's not. He's trying to prove to people that I'm not just a dark thing. I can have original ideas. I can have, you know, what I mean, because he's got things of 
copy like we talked in the last episode that he yeah. kind of takes it just straight from the page it's not really his idea he's just kind of putting it into an action yeah. version or we've got these idea ideas of that he's he's always going for this much darker kind of and as we all mentioned this wokeism kind of putting these themes in there and that none of it is always it's although it can be seen as well made it's not always seen as like fun or yeah sort of and yes we get a lot more of that than we've ever seen from him before from what i like from what i know from what i remember of him we get a lot more of that in this film but i do think that in some ways it, it like it is and i'm not saying it's not good because it's it delivered on all the parts that you want the action the zombies the yeah. death the zombie tiger like amazing i just think that at times it does feel a little bit like zack snyder's trying to be like look i can be fun but yeah. he also can't escape this need that he has with his films, which is what a lot of people sometimes say when they're over long, is when he says, when people say he feels like he has to explain everything. Oh, yeah. I thought that that's it. There was a lot. Well, we say that, but then there was, you know, we've just looked at the kind of the kind of Wikipedia. There's things that we haven't, that yeah. we said to ourselves, what happened to that? You know, who, who was this? So, for instance, you know, Dave Batista, Scott Ward. And I think... I'll, I'll give I'll give a big shout out to Big Dave because I thought he did really well in this film. Yeah, um, we said okay. in the last I think we said in the last episode, you know, um, Batista has started to get himself kind of these these roles, and I think with this I think the cast in in this film in general, yes, Dave Batista is the kind of main character, but not many of the characters feel as if. I mean, we said we don't know any of the names, but I think that's more to do with us <laughs> just not being able to remember them. Uh, but yeah. the characters in this film, they did feel relatively fleshed out for the most part. And whilst, you know, whilst Dave Batista was clearly the leader, and, you know, clearly the, the forerunner of the film, I wouldn't, you know, say that he was the only main character and he was the, you know, he was no, the lead. No, it wasn't full on like with, we're just doing D Dave Batista's emotion, Scott Ward emotional arc. No. It wasn't just that. Everyone kind of got a good a good little bit of amount of time to prove themselves or if not they got an awesome kind of action scene uh to kind of play it out uh that's it like if we're talking of an example of that i can't have, remember her name i can't I i'm looking here so i look at her name and yeah thinking, i think it's chambers samantha win as chambers yeah um, no yeah chambers that yeah it was it's guzman's yeah. friend chambers the only she, way like she yeah. doesn't get much time you kind of go there like you she, there's a part when she puts her hand up when they say has you ever killed a zombie before and she puts her hand up being like no with with um uh, the safe crackers she's the only one which i noticed i was like oh i'm surprised he looked i thought she was friends with thing i thought yeah. she was going to be you know a proper because like, what's ass. his name is it guzman guzman's her, her partner because you see him like in yeah this he, kind of viral he's like, the, yeah this kind of, he's almost like a tiktok he's, he's like a vlogger isn't he? kind like of vlogger a, yeah. who who does these like killing zombies kind of challenges almost, yeah or like, like, he makes like real life videos look shots. like almost but makes them the look video like video games. games kind of thing which yeah. is like quite a, like uh, they all had their own little angle this is why i don't think we remember their names though because i feel like they were very much put down to kind of like the safe cracker the helicopter yeah that's... and they very much kept re re talking about themselves as if they were that this is this is what we are it doesn't matter on it it matters what our role is in this yeah. kind of thing um but yeah her her scene it was oh, one man. that was a standout and yeah that, but before that we'd got basically i wouldn't say we really got anything with her apart from that yet yeah, she could stand her own yeah um but 
she could stand her own a bit, but she kind of felt like she felt like that female character who's at the back, who's basically expendable. She's a, she's the friend of the Guzman character. We'd gotten a good fleshed out of what he is, but she's yeah. just his friend. So to us, straight away, body, in, in any other zombie, you're like, she's a she's a body to be killed off very early, and we were expecting yeah. her to be killed off early. And there was this, you know, this is really interesting kind of part. I mean, we say killed off early, but it we we timed it because I. This, I is a, what, this is an over and yeah. it's an hour on in, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it gets to fifty minutes before they they're even outside of the uh, yeah of the kind of uh, of Las Vegas before they go in. Um, and yeah, there's this interesting scene where um, we'll get back to get them going into Las Vegas in a minute because like, yeah, no, we, yeah, but with this um, with Chambers, who I was, I kept calling Vasquez because of the red bandana. <laughs> That's that has to be a throwback to her. Yeah. Um, she, you know, the, there's the scene where they're saying that the zombies are kind of hibernating and they have to put like glow sticks down to make Mr. Scott Ward from Batista is putting down these glow sticks to mark a path. And, you know, this we already know that when, um, you know, when somebody goes in as the uh, the kind of keep an eye on them, you already know that that dude's up to no good. So he throws her off and then, you know, she goes through these zombies starting to wake them. Um, and we were, I was like, oh, she might take out one or so before she's getting killed. But she had a really sick action scene where yeah. she was, you know, she's fight, she's fighting. I mean, crowds zombies. and crowds of them sat around her. She's putting a knife in them. She's throwing them. She's kicking them off. She's shooting them in the head. Yeah, she's, it's literally. It goes on for several. Like at first, you think, oh, like she's gonna get in a minute or so. She's gonna be like, she's doing well, but she's gonna get. And then she doesn't. She keeps on fighting. Yeah. It, even to the even to the point when she when she gets locked into the room, she still yeah. manages to find a way through. Which did was a little bit of at one point with us where she got out and we couldn't see any bites on her, and she was no. still fighting them. Even though several Guzman and several other people were now looking at her, going, "What the fuck?" Like she's there, like it's too late. They're pulling her away. And we were like, was like, "I can't see a bite or anything." No. So why aren't you shooting, like Guzman? You've got an amazing shot. Why the fuck aren't you trying to? Yeah, so we, there was a. It was almost because I don't know if they meant it to be like it seemed quicker, but it didn't. It, it felt slow to me. It yeah, felt it like did. you're reacting really slowly here. Like, guys. yeah, like, come on, like, and what then, the fuck's going on? There, there was a few, there was a few moments like that in the film where you kind of had these really cool badass moments, and then you just thought, what? There's so, yeah. there's something that you that You've just slowed down just, for a second. Well, they've just overthought. You? you know, they they haven't quite yeah. thought this. I kind, kind of thought this was actually like linking with Guzman as well, like like around the, the time that what happens to him. Um, I'm not going to specifically say that one, but anyway. But Dave Batista's getting these in the middle of a casino and he's blasting his way through and things like that. But the thing is, he's blasting his way through, but it feels like he's taken a really long time, like standing on the like quite often. He's barely moving backwards. He's standing on the spot. He keeps shooting more and more zombies, but it kind of feels like they're like. If you were moving quicker through the thing, we would you'd be already by the door, but you're not. You're taking a long time to take out all the, the crowds that connect. You see what I mean? Like it was a lot of little, there were just some seeds where I thought, like, right, let's maybe tighten up a little bit. Here. Yeah, there was there <laughs> let's, was let's get that a little bit tight. Um, um but I think you know the so you know it, it takes them a while to get into Las Vegas and we won't kind of we won't spoil the introduction of all the characters or kind of how they go about that, but there is something, there's one really interesting idea. So we have this character called Coyote, I think her name is. I only remembered her name because it's a fucking cool name. Um, but they, when they go into Las Vegas, they kind of, uh, they, they we see uh, Valentine, I think it's called, which is the 
the kind of zombified tiger, which is fucking badass, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> that, um, was amazing. that was awesome. He looked better, even better. Like on the trailer, I thought, oh, he looks looks pretty good but in action it, does it looked really good and he looked like the, and there was something there where when he moved it looked like there was weight to it which i think is really hard to do with cgi yeah yeah so it kind of looked cool but then there was the idea that and this is where the 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 kind of uh the zombie come the zombie parts come in this is and for me it was really interesting and we would we were kind of talking about how is it going to fit in with dawn of the dead um you know is is it connected at all What's he gonna do? And when I heard the I, when I heard the talk of alpha zombies, I thought, oh, maybe that's. I thought that's gonna be really hard to pull off. Yeah. But to me, it felt as if it was like if you'd have told me that this had been made with Romero's kind of ideas or blessings, I would have kind of got it because it it feels like a fair, a very natural continuation of Land of the Dead. Yeah. Within Land of the Dead, we see the zombie. The, the main zombie, I can't remember what any of them are called, <laughs> because I don't think they have names, but the gas station zombie, yeah. you know. And at the start of Land of the Dead, which I always think is cool, um, we see that the zombies are kind of returning to the normalance. We, we get this in Dawn of the Dead, you know, where they're going to the shopping mall because that's what, you know, that's how people live their lives. And then we see in Land of the Dead, we see these people returning to their day-to-day lives, but almost in this kind of job role so we see the gas pump mm. we see the butcher we see these kind of people and within land and in army of the dead we get the we get these alpha zombies which are much more intelligent mm. and which kind of have a hierarchy and particularly the the alpha king i think he's, he's called that on wikipedia i don't think they ever mentioned him in the film yeah but you know the, this alpha king kind of has a um no, he he's he's a very interesting character himself. He you know he has the other alphas are his followers. He has a bride, which I thought was really cool, um, and that is where we see this idea that the alpha zombies will allow you into the land because this is the interesting thing is a character says you know you think we're, we're this is a prison for them, mm. but it's is actually a kingdom. Yeah, which I thought was really cool because and the alphas will allow people to come and go into the lands but they require a sacrifice yeah it was definitely it was it was a it was definitely a cool concept just as you were talking about land of the dead it just kind of i was just double checking what year it was it was 2005 i was just linking up in my head with the fact that zach snyder in the interviews had said around the time of finishing dawn of the dead yeah. in 2004 he had the idea of he around that time or within like the year or when they were doing afterwards uh, not long afterwards, he'd kind of already written the story concept yeah. for thing, and it just kind of made me interested by the fact that Land of the Dead only came out like a year later, and I kind yeah. of wonder if he was actually influenced because it was around the same time that he would have, you know, yeah, heard about the same that that kind of would have come in. But with the the way they approach it in the in the film, I mean, I even at some points even felt like with some of the zombies where we had. We, you know, we touch on a range of things. We even touch on like zombie pregnancy again, like we yeah. did in Dawn of the Dead. We have a little uh, link back to that kind of idea, um, except like obviously once they're actually zombies, they procreate. We don't have any zombie sex. Yeah, we don't. There's, <laughs> none of, there's no like zombie humping. No yeah. zombie like like sadly for Rob was very disappointed that no zombies hanged on. In this yeah, <laughs> there was a disappointing amount of eroticism. I yeah. will not mention that. Both hetero and homo. Yeah. But um, 
but yeah, we, we get all of these these nice little like touches, and I, I even think at one point I could have kind of felt a, a weirdly at one point in the film felt a little bit sorry for the zo- the alpha the alpha zombie because his it kind of started to feel a little bit like the only reason that they start to re- the alpha zombies actually really start to come after them is because they destroy the norms that they've yeah. set up. They destroy their rules, and you almost feel bad for the alpha zombie because of like what happens within the film, you kind of feel bad. There was a bit where I was a bit like, well, actually, he only seems pissed off because you're fucked with their way of life kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's kind Not... of like if you hadn't, because obviously they're, they're launching the nuclear bomb. Um, and the the idea is that they're launching the nuclear bomb on the 4th of July. And, you know, the Dave Batista and his team have to get in and, and get, you know, the 200 million out of the vault and then get out. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, I've seen this. I saw this in the IGN review. They said, like, um, uh, you know, why did they choose the Fourth of July? Because the president said it. You know, it sound it sounded cool. It would, or it was, you know, it would be pretty cool, and it would be the biggest fireworks show. And they were like that. You know, they in the review they said, <clears throat> well, this, you know, it just seemed like he made up a reason, you know, just to have that. And I was like, did did this just go over your head, like? Yeah. Because I, because we literally, we said, we said it that, sounded it word for word. The tweet they said tweets they said it basically it was like Don, it was Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah, and we have to remember <laughs> that this was written and created during yeah. Trump's. Well, I don't know about written completely, but he would have put that in there. Yeah, because this was of all Trump's being medicines. done while Trump was still in in yeah. presidency, and obviously this this film, although like released now, it was all finished before COVID was, you know, we yeah. remember how badly Trump, Donald Trump was fucking up America during yeah. COVID. He, and not only it's that. not that long ago. It's, yeah. Joe Biden's only, hasn't even been in, what, is it's, it even six months? Been, no, but I think we have this, I think because of the pandemic and because of this, you know, just because of the nature of like the 24 so hour news cycle, like happened, yeah. so much seems like it happens that it seems like, you know, Trump's presidency was almost a lifetime ago. Yeah. So, I'm not sure how that went over their head, but we were both. They might, yeah, you, know. you might go, oh, that's just more him trying to add in political. But I, I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> I thought that I was like, you know what? Actually, if that's the government that's in charge, it's got to be a stupid government that's set apart for this stuff anyway. So, yeah. Um, so I thought, yeah, I thought that that was quite funny, and I, I thought the, it was one thing. So you didn't watch the trailer, but I did no, watch I the trailer, and the main thing that was like worrying me with it was these alpha zombies because I was like looking at them going. How the fuck are they going to even survive the first five minutes if they're getting surrounded by zombies? Which the, the scenes in the trailer that make it look like they're completely surrounded yeah. as they're first entering is actually part of a montage sequence where they talk about it. What their plan what they, is. What their plan is, and they show it as if zombies fighting. So there's actually a lot of the scenes that were in the trailer are actually kind of not what you expect them to be as they should be. So they weren't actually given away as much as they expected. Because in that, it made it look like alpha zombies were just... Oh, oh. <laughs> No, we've just uh, we've just had a spillage. I've just had a drink in the uh, yeah. We've just had a drink spillage within the cast me to hell. Um, yeah, I use that man. We've had a drink <laughs> spillage within the cast me to hell um, studio. We have. We've had a few chairs that we've had this. <laughs> I was going to mention before before Robbie uh, because the lights flickering as well. Uh, Robbie turned off the uh, lights and we had a nice mood lighting thing going on in here. Yeah, we I did. Kind of started to feel like a bit of a romantic date discussing our favorite <laughs> our favorite little films. Uh, I'll tell you, you, you hold that and carry on making your point and I will clean up. <laughs> Whatever the point was if that we were then. talking about. This is why this this is unedited and things. So these crazy, stupid things could happen. So uh, this is what happens when you're doing a podcast and you spill a drink all over the laptop. Yeah. 
<laughs> so um, work laptop. Yeah. <laughs> so as as I was as I was mentioning um, about the yeah about the alpha zombies about the alpha zombies yeah um, I was really worried that the alpha zombies were going to just be I like I, I thought we were going to be full of silly excuses for why they were just happening to survive the alpha zombies and get away and that we were basically going to get those alpha zombies from the second they stepped in the door and they were just going to be overrunning it just felt like in the trailer I was thinking if they are really over like if they are really that powerful then I don't understand how they're even going to survive the first five minutes of the, like of them being inside of Las Vegas Luckily, they explain it very well, as we mentioned before, that there are actually kind of rules with the zombies and they're all clearly kind of put out. And it actually makes um, it actually makes sense why the alpha zombies don't kind of come until later in the film. They don't actually come for them until kind of their social norm that they've kind of put out is kind of sorted. Um, so it does make it a lot more interesting that we kind of get phases while they're in Las Vegas. It's not just one like... It's not just constantly running away from the zombies. It's actually it's actually a, a while before the zombies properly start to have to they have to fight back against the zombies as well. Well, apart from the you know the the shambles, which are the kind of traditional um, you know zombies of old, where yeah. they kind of you know they don't have any kind of brain function, they don't have anything like that, and they they go on that base instinct. We get a couple of those, yeah. But these kind of, you know these alpha zombies don't come in until like like you said, until their norms are broken and until the, you know, until they're kind of forced to do it. And it, and that's why it kind of struck me the name Army of the Dead, you know, kind yeah. of comes in because when they do come in, um, you know, we're still cleaning up. <laughs> I've <laughs> it ruined was a the, lot of drink. I've ruined the illusion. <laughs> well, I, I ruined the illusion <laughs> with my drink. When we do, when the, uh, you know, when the army do come in, we we see this um we see this zombie king which is called Zeus. Yeah. Um we see it uh you know it's riding an undead horse. <laughs> it's really uh cool. it's in control of Valentine. Or well, I don't know if it's so much in control but they are kind of working as well. Yeah, the the alpha Zeus and his partner. <laughs> um, we don't have a name for the partner, do we? No, not off the top of my head, but I do. And know I don't know if the zombie did not in her. The alpha, the queen, the queen. It's just the queen. Um, but the queen and the alpha, they are um they are very much it does feel like although you've got other zombies that are of higher intellect than just the standard, you know, yeah, the standard kind of zombie, um, they the others do very much seem to be following Zeus. Yeah. And then we're um, so we we have this kind of really cool pic, you know, imagery of Zeus on this horse, um, and the horse looks cool. And then he's got he's got a staff, or he's got like a spear. Yeah, he's got a cape, which we were like, why does he have a cape? And then <laughs> we were like, if you're the if you're the king of the alpha zombies, you've got to have a fucking cape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it Tig Nataro's character, um, the, the helicopter pilot? Basically, she she does make a joke about is that a zombie in a cape? You yeah, know what I mean, like at least it is referenced that we find it a little yeah. bit weird at times that it's like. Yeah, like his suit. Well, I said about his, like, this is his true vision of Superman. Yeah. <laughs> he's going full on dark with Superman. This is him. And he's all, and then Zeus also has the mask, which I thought's really cool. Yeah. It's, because it's protecting him from headshots, obviously. But, and it is, it shows this kind of idea that the, that the zombies are kind of learning. 
and are yeah. adapting. They're know? learning. We don't get full on, say, Day of the Dead speech or anything like no. that. Um, they very much contact through like their 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 wail, their screams, their like that is yeah. their, their siren calls kind of thing is kind of used as like communication. So as if they have their own brand of communication, not just suddenly yeah, start kind to of, speak English again. It's kind of feral communication, yeah. isn't it? Um, it's kind of very primal, but it is. It's really good, and I've you know, I if I wouldn't be surprised if one day we got a war of the dead film, you know. And yeah. we saw a lot more of these alpha zombies. We saw. Oh yeah, I, uni- I was unionized almost. Yes. Yeah, I was getting a very when he when he rides up on the horse and he's surrounded by those, the the image of um, War of the Planet of the Apes, in my head, Caesar on top of his horse with all the apes around him, very much like that. The imagery in my head was very much like that. It it looked like that in my head, and I could see it being expanded into yeah, I got more of what it will be if it's more led by these different kind of alpha zombies. The alpha zombies are, in the end, what I was most worried about, and what have ended up being the part that I'm actually kind of interested to see where they could kind of maybe turn that more or less of the random like zombie and more of the a focused kind of zombies. Yeah, I think that that's a that's definitely like a an interesting focal point that we can see kind of within the film. Yeah. Um, I think so. Going back to to Zack Snyder, and we we mentioned we mentioned earlier about him um, that he does have a tendency to kind of over-explain, or he has his character uh, his characters in in. Then this is in a lot of his films, not three hundred. <laughs> that was more just grunts and kicking. But um, in some of his character-led films, you have long bits where they kind of talk for a long amount of time and they kind of discuss things and they sit in a very or if we have a, a Lex Luthor, but it is very, very like oh, long, big soliloquies of po- you know yeah. of my own kind of listen to me for a while, talk and explain things to you. And I'm not saying we get lots of that that kind of thing. We don't get a one character talking for a very long time. Uh, but part of the reason that it takes an hour to get into to, well, almost an hour, fifty minutes for them to get into the actual into Las Vegas does a little bit feel like, although I'm often in the side of character development is good, with this one, I don't know why, but I guess because we're going with the tropes of heist in Las Vegas and things like that, at times it felt a li- maybe a little bit in that first hour where it was kind of like, we we get the point, you know what yeah. I mean? We get it. We get what this is. We get the setup. And I know you're trying to build these big emotional arcs between them to make the characters more developed, and it does work in some of them. The, the safe cracker yeah, and the, like the bond that he gets with Omar um, Hardwick. Hardwick's um, Vander Vandero. Yeah, I think Vandero. they call him Van, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, with Van, like we were saying, how much we kind of liked that relationship that they kind of build. That he's kind of like the one. He's like that. He's like the protector of uh, the Ludwig Dieter. They call him just Dieter. Yeah, and we and I mean that's a relatively common trope within kind of zombie films or within kind of. These these films where people are kind of put together in a team, you often get somebody who's the kind of, uh, you know, who's who's the kind of brasher, kind of more experienced person, kind of looking after the, you know, the that the expert in the field, yeah. but otherwise a fish out of water kind of person. Um, but I think, I mean, I I know a lot a lot of people said about kind of Tig Nataro's character, but I mean, I found the funniest character for me. Was the German safe cracker, you know, Matt Matthias? I'm not going to pronounce his name, so I'll fuck it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, Dieter. I I found that he was kind of the 
he was the funniest character for me. Yeah. Um, and him and this kind of, uh, the, you know, the the bond and the kind of repertoire and, you know, the kind the way of... way they bounced off the each other. Yeah, the way they band. bounced off each other was really good. Um, I think most of the casting was very strong. Um, there were certain points with um, Tig Notara where I was trying... Because we said last, you know, uh, in our last episode that Chris Delia was obviously supposed to be playing this role. Yeah. Um, and then due to the kind of, you know, the, 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 I'm not sure if it was just allegations or if he, if he, he was found kind of, I don't believe he's been found guilty or anything. Guilty. Like, it's just sexual misconduct. But there was a he's lot of found, kind of sexual you know, so allegations. He was kind of, yeah, there was a lot of them. So he's kind of, you know, part of this, I guess, I don't know, council times up kind of thing. Uh, yeah, he but, kind of was. Um, but yeah, so they replaced it with, they replaced him with Tignataro to a, a fair cost. <laughs> yeah, you were saying it cost. It was a couple of million. Zack Snyder said it was basically this army of the, <laughs> army of the thieves um, spin-off that I've said that has the um, Dita character in yeah. it. Um, that one, uh, only cost a couple of million, and apparently it cost about the same to replace Tignataro in all of these scenes, which looks seamless, by the way. They yeah. said that because they said they didn't they didn't refilm scenes with the whole cast. They yeah. couldn't do that, so they literally had to place her and remove Christy. And it's you know you occasionally I looked at it and you could see a little bit of like almost like a haze around her at times. Yeah. but you know I'd say it's a it's a damn good job. Yeah, you, it didn't it didn't feel particularly out of place, and it didn't feel as if the 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 writing stumbled at all between kind of scenes um, yeah you know because there's there were some scenes where her you know when she's recruited and it kind of it it didn't feel as if it was you know it was there was any stumbling between it as no. if they you know as if they because there was a, there was a film that did this but I can't remember what it was um, I think it was one of the Halloween films where I think Donald Pleasance had died. And oh they, yeah, they have yeah. The curse of Michael Myers. The curse of Michael Myers. And they have they have the shots of Donald Pleasance, and then it's almost like they have the shots from the from the people who are talking to him without him in it. Yeah, and they're kind of saying things in it, and you can tell that in that it almost feels a little bit jilted. But within this, we didn't ha- we didn't get any feeling of that. I didn't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I did say to you, I don't know, did they model? That character on Tom Cruise in um in Top Gun because it kind of looks like Tom Cruise <laughs> no, in Top no. Gun. I think Tignataro has that haircut anyway. Okay, so she hasn't got her. She's normally like that. She is quite. But I think they have tried to make it. If we're we're going to take this character who's who who I've said in the past, she is an act. She as a she's a comedian and she is a very kind of dry witted. You know, I mean, she's almost like American that has British kind yeah. of humor. Um, she's so um, she has a kind of humor which. I can see why some people might not enjoy the way she is. Yeah. Um, and I think being British, like the, her humor, where it is kind of, she's sarcastic. She's kind of a bit that. Yeah. That works for me. That's what like, cause we get that all the time over here. That is very much. I, I understand so, yeah. in some American reviews, I've seen that she was pointed out as some people loved her. Some people didn't. It was, yeah. a, you know, a very much of a mixed thing with her, but I, I, I thought she was perfectly fine. Like, yeah. Perfectly fine. Feel... Like, she felt, when she was doing the little joke things, it didn't feel completely like, yeah, that's kind of died on you, hasn't it? No, like it worked, and she's not overused either. Which is no, funny. she's not overused, and I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think all of the, not all of the comedy in this film landed. No. Um, but I would, I would say it was probably you know fifty fifty, yeah. maybe sixty forty for her landing, which is a decent balance because comedy is supposed to be very hard to write. You know, yeah, 
no, because comedy is subjective, but more, I, you know, I would feel that comedy is more subjective than kind of anything else. Yeah. Because, you know, what makes one person It depends on your place, your yeah, culture, absolutely. and that's very much reverse. It's like, we, that's why I'm kind of pointing out with her, I kind of feel like maybe I, w- I would understand that more than certain people who don't, you know, it's like over here, like people with, like, say, The Office. Yeah. Like... A lot of people didn't like the first season of the American office. That's because it was basically a ripoff of the UK office. Yeah. And the UK office was much more kind of dry witted kind of humor than the American one turned into. And that's good a, because the yeah. American one started to become its own thing and it became great in its own way, but much more suited to American taste. Whereas the UK one, some people obviously in America love the UK one as well, but there are some people that just didn't get the humor. They didn't yeah. get that awkward, sarcastic, which over here, Loads of shows. The Office in between is all those kind of ones that all shows for us that are like that. We like our awkward, dry, sarcastic yeah. kind of humour over here. I, I've been I've been watching um, I'm Alan Partridge. Oh, it's that's, fucking yeah. amazing. Man. Yeah, Alan Partridge is amazing as well. Steve Coogan, fantastic. But, but yeah, yeah um, I think for me, it, it, it yeah, I think I, that didn't feel out of place for me. Um, no, definitely not. I think um, so. Yeah, we were talking about Coyote. And when we were talking, like with the Zack Snyder thing, I'd say the the main thing, as we kind of like drifted off into, like, yeah, well, in some other areas, I think the main thing with say the Kota character is, and kind of linking to that kind of when we were kind of questioning, like, what the um, she has this long bit once they've just got inside, so it's at that fifteen minute mark, and we've finally got inside Las Vegas, yeah, and then we have this kind of long scene of her kind of explaining the alphas and the thing, and. And it's not to say that that's not necessarily needed in some way, but it's also at the same time that a lot of what she says, I feel like we could have learned from action. We could yeah. have learned from them in action, learning from what's happening and things like that. We didn't need a long explanation of this is the alphas and this is what we need. Like some of it was great, like sac- like they have to do a, a sacrifice. Um, but some of it was also kind of there. You're like, you've just got into Las Vegas. We think it's about to pump up and now we're kind of waiting for you to do something. Like, get on, you know what I mean? At yeah. some points, there were points in this film where I was kind of like, get on with it. Like, let's yeah. get to them in actually trying to do the hunt for the stuff. We're an hour into the film now, and you still haven't really done the like a huge yeah. amount. I know I mean, the opening 15 minutes is the opening credits where we did get a nice montage of zombie action and stuff like that. And I don't, <clears> I mean, I don't, there was kind of one thing that when we watched it, we, I mean, even before we were talking about is it going to be too long? That kind of stuff. And I, I did, whilst it's definitely, it is, it is on the lengthy side. You're talking, you know, is it two hours and 28 minutes or something like that? So just shy of yeah. two and a, two and a half hours, which is long for a zombie film, definitely. Uh, which is long for, it's long know, for, for a horror, horror film. Um, and it, I, but I didn't feel as if it was an overly long film for me. It didn't, I didn't yeah. feel like, you know, sometimes when you watch a film and you're all kind of like, oh, God, how long has it fucking been? I think yeah. for the most part, the pacing was very good. It's just like you said, there could, there's certain moments, particularly within the, the beginning of the film, where you think things could be trimmed down a little bit, just to make I it think flow that, a little I bit. think that, like, although I'd say, for the, yeah, for the most part, when we get into a lot of the zombie, the pacing is good. I do think we just kind of have certain scenes that are kind of throw in there that then kind of just bring it down i think there's a scene between batista and his daughter where they're standing there and because we're in the middle of all of this action but the scene goes on for quite a few minutes and they're kind of talking to each other yeah and it's fine character development great but it just 
again, it was kind of one where it kind of felt like this is like a zombie Las Vegas heist movie. Like, let's let's enjoy and indulge the fact that you're running through this action. Yeah. Instead of stopping for a moment to have a little conversation about why you weren't, you know, why weren't we, you know, close for all of these years kind of thing in the middle of everything that's going on. It suddenly just felt a bit like, yeah, I get it, but I don't, you know, like this is kind of feels a little bit more like Zack Snyder trying to be like, no, but we need to explain this to the audience, mm-hmm. not just get on, like get on with some of the other stuff. There were yeah. just bits just where I felt it just kind of went, right so okay we're stopping again see like, i i liked it with it. his daughter with his daughter i kind of like this uh, this aspect of kind of you know because the you know dave batista um has to kill his wife in the film <laughs> um, you know and his daughter kind of sees it and it, that it's dave batista believing that this drove, drove a wedge between them and for me i i liked that i thought that was really good it's when they then brought in kind of another kind of angle similar to that between him and this other, you know, the kind of other main female in the film, um, a female woman Alice in the Braga? film, Alice Brown. Is that Alice Brown? No, no, it's Anna de la Rega, Maria. Yeah, Maria. I don't know why I said female. That's really weird. Um, <laughs> I was mixing up the actresses anyway. I was thinking yeah. it was a different actress. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's when they bring in this with her and they kind of have this whole, kind of love angle that's for me could have been cut because it kind of it just felt like it came out of nowhere and then they were said yeah i felt like i got yeah the only sense of that we got was in the very quick 15 minute opening when you got a little bit of like they were too close to get like but that happened so quickly in the opening that you don't get any time for that you do get time with them sitting together or like cars drinking beers but it doesn't feel overly romance based and then when she says it it almost feels like it's a moment just Again, I'm that this one especially. I'm not not going to ruin this one because this one was a great. Like, oh this shit! Good. Yeah. Uh, but this is this was kind of a, it. Almost felt a little bit like let's and cut the reason to feel emotional in this scene yeah. for the reason that comes very soon. So it's it is that kind of yeah. I just it, it, these weren't the only ones, and I I know there were there were more examples where I was just there a little bit like. It just feels like we've just taken it like a dip. Like this is getting really fun and like thing. And I guess at times I almost wanted it sometimes to be a little bit more, just like, just going fully into just the fun and yeah. not being bogged down by having to add in that fit. I just think there were definitely some scenes even once they're in Las Vegas where they just could have chopped it a little bit at times to be like, let's get move, this, let's the keep it on, going. Yeah. yeah, let's keep this this fun like kind of Las Vegas fun heist going. And let's not get too bogged down on a million different things. There is also a subplot about the fact that the daughter's in there to go after people, yeah. which feels a little bit cliche. Adding on, it feels a little bit like we knew exactly what was going to happen at one point. It's in fact, yeah, it, it's almost like the dog in Dawn of the Dead, basically. Yeah, it's like, is that dumb bitch going to go after them? Is he really going to go after? Yeah, them? You know what I mean, you well, we said, you, like... but you don't like it, it. But it was just a bit of a. If you logically start to think about it, he's like, you're going in there, but you have no. Act- you have absolutely no clue if that person's alive and she gets no. no indication that she's alive and you know she goes right into the middle of alpha territory basically yeah and, and then you know and then there was this part where we were i mean and i don't know if this is something down to the whole kind of the, the editing of the film or what it is but there's certain kind of things where you expect something to play out and it kind of doesn't or account you expect you know something to happen and it just doesn't play out fully 
So two instances of this is one, yeah, the woman who, who has gone in to try and buy freedom for her kids to get them out of this camp. That's why Dave Batista's daughter goes in to try yeah. and save them, save her, bring her back. Um, at the very end of the film, spoiler alert, um, when they get on the helicopter. This is, I would say we had to go back and check this because yeah. we actually could not even, she's so little added to it or she gets so many few shots in this part. We had to go back and actually check, didn't we? Yeah, well, part. she gets into the helicopter and then there's a fight scene and then there's just one shot of her. But then she's not in or around any of the other shots. So for me, I was thinking, did they kind of shoot this, reshoot it? Did they go back and say, "Shit, we need something else to be done. Let's Mr. reshoot." Or, like, yeah. And there was the, you know, there was a. Just to make clear, we're talking about the the lady that she goes that, that to save. Batista's daughter goes to save, who is part of the one who's part of her children are in that kind of that ice kind of camp that we yeah. kind of mentioned at the beginning. Um, just in case it felt like, in case we lost you a little yeah, bit. We probably did. We lose ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we did. And then the second one was, um, it, it was with Omar Hardwick's character, Van. In the, in the opening montage, he has this saw, which is like, you know, it's like it's a... badass. Yeah, I can't um, remember what he kind uses of saw, it. saw is. It's like a buzz saw, isn't it? It's like a buzz saw, but the blades are very, like, almost different. They're kind of, like, almost, like, more squared off kind of things. Yeah. So they're, like, these big, like, take big chunks out of you. And we're, obviously we're not, we're, we are not skilled tradesmen. So we don't know what the kind of saw is. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> and in the opening credits, you see him saw open this car. And then somebody, you know, sees that they're bitten and just shoots them. Um, and and it does turn around and kind of slice does, a couple of zombies. He does turn around and slice a couple of zombies up with it. Um and then we, you know, when he's talking about going back into Las Vegas, you see him dig up a barrel in the middle of the desert that has all of his tools in there. And you see this saw in the bag. And then, you know, we get a shot. We get, get a slight, even like a, a an angled lower kind of Zack Snyder kind of shot of him looking at this kind of like saw. And we also get a scene with the, 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 the ice guard. Bert. Bert, yes, Bert. Who kind of he has it in his hand and he's trying to flex on it. He's trying to say, "Look at how cool this is." And then Van comes and takes it off of him. Don't ever touch my saw. Touch my saw. So we're thinking very built up. Yeah, it's very built up. We're thinking, you know, this—he's got to fuck some zombies up with this. I was almost expecting, to be honest, the Valentine Tiger. I was almost expecting, if anything was going to take him out, it was going to be that saw. Yeah, like something like that, something badass. And then there's so then, but then it doesn't. You know, we never see him use it in the film. And yeah. we, when we, so we watched this film and then we were like, what happened to that? What happened to that last? So we went back and we skimmed, we, we scanned all the way up to it. And then when we kind of, you know, got exited the movies, um, one of the stills was Van with the, with the circular saw going against, against the Alpha, Alpha song. Yeah. You know, the Zeus. And we were thinking, we were like, this is on Netflix. This is literally on the screen. When you pause the film, it popped up with this. And yeah. It was like, that yeah. wasn't in the film. No, we and it, he it never seemed... went up to the alpha with the sort of like. I'm no, guessing after, this was promo or after the opening. He never used or to it throw people anything. off in the trailer. Maybe. Maybe that was in the trailer, but but it was a re. It was kind of something that could have been so cool, you know. Um, it was yeah. It, with, with all the build up, with the, the fact that he was talking about it, he was so protective of it. It feels like other people got to use it yeah. more than him. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was a definite disappointment. We didn't get to see Van go to town on some zombies yeah. or specifically something bigger. Yeah, because the, the because I, I thought this film was a 15 for some reason. Um, I'm not sure why. Even though I knew Dawn of the Dead was a was an 18. 
I thought the pump, you know, the pumping seven. I mean, it's, the Wikipedia has now changed the budget. Last time we said it was ninety. It said only ninety on yeah. Wikipedia last week. <laughs> now it's between seventy and ninety million dollars. And I thought, okay, you know, this is coming out in select theaters, and it's coming out on Netflix. They're going to want to try drive up. I don't know, you know, they're going to try and want to drive up views or whatever it yeah. is, and they're they're going to limit it at fifteen because we know that a lot of hot, you know, a lot of um, kind of producers and a lot of companies don't see the money in eighteens, and, and we'll put it at fifteen to try and appeal to a bit more of a, a, a broader audience. Yeah. So I was expecting there to be kind of very little gore, but the gore in this is, is awesome. It's a really great mix of kind of practical and uh, CGI effects. Yeah, I think mean, uh, this is a plus of the streaming generation now is that with that, like whether it's a 15 or 18, it actually doesn't really make any difference because you're just going to stream it, aren't you? Yeah. So that's like a plus side. Like if this was getting a bigger f- cinema release, if Netflix was suddenly going, oh, we'd like to do bigger releases, but I don't think they were releasing it expecting to make a lot of money on that side of it anyway. So, but if they were, then they may may have gone for a fifteen and like been yeah. like, let's tone it down a bit. But they don't, and we do get some proper gr- graphic kind of. Yeah, we get some really good gory stuff. You know, you see, you know, jaws being ripped off. You see heads being crushed and eaten. We do get a, we do. One thing we did say is that we actually didn't notice as much slow mo as we expected. Although that opening is yeah. slow, is quite a slow mo kind of opening at times. Um, though we do get quite a cool kind of one zombie gun slow mo blow explosion kind of well, the gun explodes yeah. in CGI. And well, there was one. There was some scenes in particular because there was as the action ramped up, there was some more CGI. Yeah. CGI, there was some more slow motion. I mean, I guess... <laughs> there the, was the more CGI. Is, yeah. But, um, I think the, the thing that separated the CGI... The, oh, fuck, I did it again. <laughs> the <laughs> things that separate the, the slow, slow motion... Mo. I think you're onto us this time. <laughs> in, yeah, in, from this film and his previous kind of superhero films was, in those films, it kind of felt as if he was doing this whole slow-mo thing to kind of be like... You know, look, this is kind of a godly figure, and it's or, this kind yeah. of, you know, themes, it, or, themes, and it's this kind of, or just look sen- at this angle for a long period yeah. of time, or the sense of grandeur to it, and you know, particularly the one that springs to mind is in Justice League, where they're having the big fight, and um, you know, Wonder Woman's jumping through the air for her sword, and, yeah, and the flash, and is... the flash is running around, and it kind of shows things, and it's kind of like, fuck, how long can you keep this going on for? Yeah, whereas in this film. When you got some slow mo, it was often during action scenes, and it was kind of, and it almost for me it made it showed you kind of how good some of these people were. So it would be there's a particular scene kind of when they turn the power on, kind of towards the end, and there's all you know and the alphas are coming, and Batista's character is, is gunning these gunning the zombies down, and you kind of see each individual headshot, but yeah. because it's in slow mo. And it might only be a 10 second scene, but because I think because the, the action is so frantic in this, kind of it like it is in Dawn of the Dead, it's very full on. Yeah. Um, the slow mo kind of feels more of like a show of these people's skills as opposed to, oh, this just looks cool. You know? Yeah. It kind of it, it helps to kind of ground things because you can see that the zombies are, are moving fast and they're gaining distance on these characters yeah. and you could see how quick our characters react and it's almost it made me kind of feel like if this film had been um kind of at full speed it, it almost would have had a bit of like a john wick vibe 
in the way in which yeah. some of the characters move. How quick know? they are moving around. Yeah, yeah no, I totally agree. I totally agree that this is probably he's not overusing the slow mo. No. He actually feels quite afraid, but when he does use it, it actually helps the actual the visuals of the zombies, almost in a video game kind of style, yeah, where we almost get to occasionally see. But we're not getting like a long slow mo. Okay, we get as I mentioned a second ago, we get a lot one kind of bullet shooting out yeah. slowly exploding someone's head but that one feels maybe a little bit more earned but yeah. in these other scenes that they might be slow-mo but you don't really notice them you're not there like oh come on like fuck, okay let the bullet go through the fucking zombie's head already we're not we're like we're not following a bullet as it slowly goes through so this is more like it's kind of just slowed down for a second so batista can like you can see like the hole through the zombie's head yeah you can see the zombie's head explode in the background but it's more like he slowed it down just for a second, not yeah. for a minute while we wait for Wonder Woman to finally get that fucking sword. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's it's like in Justice League, and again in his recent cut of Justice League, I mentioned that if you cut out the slow-mo, you'd probably t- take off half an hour, an hour of the film. So he still used that in his recent thingy cut. But in this one, it feels like he's He's almost, he says this is his most free film that he's made. Like his most, like he hasn't had any interruptions, yeah. any studio interference or anything like that. But weirdly to me, like if this is the case, then that would imply that some of the stuff he's been doing wrong in the past was the studio kind of saying, but I don't think that's the case. If anything to me, this is more him kind of saying like, I can do this better and I'm not, you know, I can do these kind of things. I don't have to do them in that way. And he, it almost sometimes feels like he's fighting the urges that reviewers have said, this is your problem. You're doing this wrong. Like, yeah, this is what we don't like about your film. And this is what people don't like. And in this film, sometimes it kind of feels more like, I don't know if it is fully what he wants to do, but he's learnt and he's being a little bit more sleight of hand with it and a little bit more, okay, I don't need to, I can take my hand off of that slow-mo, but (laughs) on the editing suite, like he's kind of there, like he wants to, he wants to wait. He wants us to watch Dave Bautista slowly bulging his muscles for five minutes, but he suddenly decided, no, that doesn't match the tone of this film. I'm not going to do it. I don't, I'm fighting it. (laughs) Well, see, that's the thing. I don't know if it's because like you said, um, Zack Snyder, this is according to him, his most kind of free and the most control he's had of the film. Yeah. Now I don't know whether it's him saying, "Okay, I've been, I'm now completely under the spotlight." You know, I did, um, you know, I did the Man of Steel, I did Batman versus Superman, which, yeah, again, it was kind of it was a film that people either loved or hate. Yeah, and then there was such the demand to come back and do Justice League. He got to do Justice League, but even then, it it wasn't completely his film because you know it was. There was still the, you know, um, whoever it was who, you know, who was in control of it. Yeah, and More other Brothers writers maybe. and things like that. Other writers. This one was his, he wrote this one. Yeah. And, you know. So with this one, I don't know if it was him saying, well, now I don't have anything to kind of almost hide under. or And any scrutiny I get for this is going to be... Yeah purely aimed at myself so i have to be a bit more restrained and i have to be a bit more focused and a bit more kind of on the ball with my intentions or whether because there is such a big difference in style of films between zombie films and you know action films and these kind of superhero films so whether because you know whether I was about to say Snyderisms again. I didn't coin that term, I don't <laughs> think. But whether you know the the stuff that is typical of him, 
long drawn out slow-mo whether that kind of stuff suits this kind of stuff more and because it's more action you kind yeah. of you don't notice you don't notice it as much maybe because there's still there is still slow-mo but it doesn't feel as if there was gratuitous slow-mo it yeah. didn't whereas maybe because you know in his other films it's been you know yeah whilst we've had you know i'm thinking of the kind of batman versus superman versus and versus doomsday fight you know yeah whilst we've had whilst you could you know that is an action scene the action isn't as frantic and the stakes aren't as high mm. you because uh, let's be honest in a in a in a in a hero film you know for the most part that your hero is going to survive you know batman's not going to suddenly die yeah um and if somebody is going to die it's going to be a big talking point within the film whereas like we said last week with horror films and with with zombie films the stakes are always higher anybody can kind of live or die and maybe that because you know because the 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 pacing is there because of because that's there maybe it, it kind of it, you know these things that he do he does don't kind of feel so out of place yeah no it absolutely could be the case that he's just his style works better in a horror context than it does necessarily in certain other more dramatic or comic book or thing yeah like his style kind of people because people still said that dawn of the dead was his best film to them they, yeah. they were still saying that saying that they felt like much more like a complete kind of film a complete vision and his sensibility and his style matched hot, a horror film like that much yeah. better than it does other kind of areas um so yeah I, I i i agree that i think he very much that this all of these things could work better but i still do feel like he's he's at times kind of maybe just learnt lessons because you said as you said he feels like this is going to be him in the spotlight potentially yeah and i think like it might be a case of it's still just like he's still using it the same way but it does feel like he maybe has kind of at least taken on board some of the stuff that people have said occasionally to kind of hold back a little bit at times yeah. not in a bad way in a like learning from critique kind potentially, of way, yeah which um, you know in the past maybe that's wasn't something or maybe he just didn't want to do it because people were constantly telling him oh you should change this and you should change this and you should change and he was just like no <laughs> yeah maybe. i don't want it because you're telling me to change it I i'll do it if i think it's the right thing to do um one other thing that i wanted to mention last week and i didn't mention this week with zach snyder's films is the dude has good soundtrack choices. Oh yeah, he does. Like in Dawn of the Dead, we had uh, we had Johnny Cash. Man comes around. Yeah. Like as a thing, we had um, who I can't remember who does. Like, but I always remember that Get Down with the Sickness. Oh, the um, um, uh, Disturbed. Yeah. So I always remembered that on the soundtrack. Yeah. Um. So that was always like interesting. Um. And as I said, that put that stuck in my brain, kind of thing. So. Like and there were other good in even Dawn of the Dead, there were other like great soundtrack choices where I was just like, but in this one again, it's got the same thing. We've got either recreated version of classic songs like Bad Moon Rising, that was cool, um, which really nice, um, or even just like slowed down versions of I, I particularly love the Cranberry Zombie. I love the song, but for me, it just it just felt a little 
too on the nose. <laughs> I, I get yeah. that, but it's a zombie. It, it is a song called "Zombie" that I've never actually seen used in a zombie film. So it was, yeah, I'm trying and to think it, but that. it doesn't specifically like. I think only because the song itself is actually more about men, like mental health that song than it is actually about a zombie. Yeah, that I think it, it kind of works because it's not a song struggles. that struggles. I thought it was about. Oh, I thought it was about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it might be. Because I, I knew it as kind of an, an anti-war cranberry song. Uh, yeah, it might I knew, be. I was I thinking something. of it because it talks about it kind of taking over your head and taking over your brain. Yeah. It says it in the lyrics. So I thought that was the one that was about mental health. I mean, it could be about that. <laughs> I don't know. It, no, it, it probably could be about considering where the cranberries are from. But anyway, I, I just, I liked that choice. I But then I just liked the cranberries. So yeah. I was like, that's, that's a nice choice kind of thrown in there. But there were loads of other songs and obviously Elvis Presley, but Las Vegas... Yeah, of course we were going to get those songs. We would any any kind of any kind of Las Vegas film. Yeah, you would get that music, but it all worked. And some of them, even in that opening fifteen minutes, we had the slowed down kind of the slowed down version. But we had different. We had one singer that was a bit more kind of the cheesy version. Yeah, and then it kind of went into a darker as a song. Yeah, as, as the credits, a right. female performer comes over and starts to take over the vocals, and it gets a lot slower and a much yeah. more kind of a little bit more melancholy kind of thing as it gets dark, a little bit darker. But again, um also on the visuals, the visuals do not look as dark as his other. No, some of his other but ones. the visuals were face striking in this film. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the shots were cool. Um, I can't. I, I think I have this problem sometimes when I first watch a film, mm. I don't process it fully. So I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and watch this film. Um, it definitely could change on us. Um, and I think there's some, you know, there's some absolutely kind of um, points in this film. Where, as I said, I enjoyed the film. It was a fun. Ex- it was a fun experience to see. Yeah. I mean, it's hard in a lot of ways a zombie film to not enjoy it, but this definitely feels like that big budget blockbuster like kind of one. Yeah, and some things definitely made it feel like that, including, I mean, the standout scene that I think we've got to talk about is that tiger scene. Oh, yeah, it's the Valentine scene. Valentine was awesome. Um, we don't have to. I, well, I can't. I can't remember the name of the character, so I'm not actually going to ruin who the character is. Yeah, but. Seriously, the character gets fucked up. But they set it up very well. They do, really. Like, we were there, like, we think that we're almost certain that that character is going to be the one to get it. But when he does, it kind of comes at the perfect timing. Yeah. And then this character kind of gets literally, it, it, like, you could say, oh, you're waiting for it. And in your head, probably thinking tiger, you're thinking, right, the tiger's just going to go straight for it. It doesn't. The tiger, like, as a tiger would, it would, like, but. I think when you're thinking of it, you think of an animal and you think it's just going to go straight for the bite your head off or yeah. rip you, like rip into you. But it doesn't. It's literally like a cat playing around. It's like throwing him around and he's getting brutally like yeah. broken bones kind of thrown around. And like when its claws gets into him, you see bits get ripped off of the person. And this oh. goes on for a couple of minutes. And his his face, his face is it. fucked. Oh, and he's so not even dead. <laughs> no, but the, the, spe- the, the makeup, the pra- again, yeah. we've got a mixture of good practical and CGI, uh, CGI. which I I was really pleased with because I've I've just been I I think with with zombie films, you need gore. Yeah, you oh, know, obviously. Even, even, no like, like, I know they have, we said World War Z didn't have it, but that was a little bit different in its style of zombie. But Yeah, but even so, you know, in, and if you look at films that p- potentially aren't, you know, explicitly horror, mm. so, for instance, Shaun of the Dead, Yeah, you wouldn't say it's, like, if you 
just thought about the film. You wouldn't think it's an overly gory film, but it does have the one, you know, the the one really gory kill, which is a throwback to Day of the Dead, you know, and that solidifies. Oh it, you uh, know? yeah, the David character, the David character, out the window, and, just and he's ripped apart. Completely ripped know? apart. And I think so. And I think because the whole idea of zombies being, you know, primal and not, you know, not having any kind of sense of when you're in pain or any kind of sense of when to stop. Yeah. You, there's a certain brutality to zombies that just need that you need to be able to hammer home in a zombie film. Yeah. They need to be able to take those chunks out. They need that like blood and gore. And like, we get it in spades here. Yeah. Like, as you you said, you didn't really think that it would be like that. No, I like, thought it was going to be a gory. 15. But I knew quite often that this is a this is a very much a Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder has throughout his career always tried to push for that extra kind of gore, and quite often when he's been working with studios, that's been rejected because, like you said before, yeah. it, it's a case of they don't want it to be because if it's too gory, like there's a lot of sense of things where like literally you can show blood, but if you show so blood like pouring or dripping or moving, then it becomes a whole like it takes it up to the next level. Like yeah. you can show blood covered clothes. But you can't show the blood gushing out of something, otherwise it changes its rating. So obviously, if you're doing a zombie scene where someone's biting into someone's neck and it's squirting everywhere, that pretty much gets it into the 18. But Zack Snyder's always, again, if you've watched the new Justice League, you'll notice that between the theoretical version and this one, there's a lot more blood. There's even a bit when Wonder Woman kicks a guy in the back of his head, just basically splatters all over the wall. Like, <laughs> so it's like we get quite a lot of extra kind of little gory scenes. Uh, the Stephen Wolf bad guy in that one, he chops people, literally chops people in half and you nice. see blood. So there is more blood and gore because he's always been pushing towards us. That is actually a very Zack Snyder thing, which again, for a zombie film or any horror film is, you know, high high praise in our books and high yeah. marks, you know what I mean? Um, so I think with Zack Snyder, I, I mean, people are going to be now questioning, like, so this is his most thing. Is this his best film? I I don't. I uh, It's too, uh, it's too... We haven't, like, we've watched it once. Yeah. I think. It needs some time to settle. We could have done this and waited a week or two but we kind of wanted to hit it while the, uh, you know, well, people are just watching that this weekend. The reason I, like, I kind of went in like very much, we were, we were originally going to do this as spoiler free, but we kind of thought it's, it's hard to do a film like this. And also because we thought if I watch this, I want to go somewhere to listen to people talking about it yeah. in in a little bit more in depth. So I can be like, Oh, did you pick up? Did you notice that? Or did you notice these yeah. kind of weird things? Um, and I just, we just, kind of thought that this needed to be a little bit of more of a space to kind of listen to like your ideas and what you kind of thought came out of it yeah um but with Zack Snyder though there is one thing that he does have a tendency to do and he did do this with his superhero films a lot is to kind of lay the groundings for more and we've yeah. already said there is more we mentioned about uh Dave Bautista's character I and mean, he's like a mercenary thing but you you mentioned to me like we don't really get a lot on that kind of mercenary area with no. him. well I mean on but, I mean, to go back to the Wikipedia it kind of mentions that Dave Bautista has Scott Ward a mercenary and founder of the mercenary group Last Vengeance and apart from you know um apart from this kind of uh badge that somebody has that says Las Vegas Last Vengeance, Last Vengeance it's kind of never mentioned and you no, see it's him... on his and it's yeah. on the maria but, character but they never mention no. what it is they never mention why it was formed and i believe that that is planted on purpose because the anime backstory 
Yeah. So I think it's in there. So this is just one of those Zack Snyder things that we've kind of noticed um, is that he lays the groundwork for yeah. ideas, but he always seems to have these ideas to expand things extra ways. He does seem to want to create his franchises. And he already sees this as a franchise. And so some people may leave this going, well, there are a couple of little things. In this so there's the Dave Bautista thing, which is obviously for the anime backstory. Yeah. So some people would be a bit like, well, Oh, it doesn't matter. That's not really needed. But some people will be like, well, it feels a little bit like you've thrown it in there and that therefore this is not a complete contained film. And yeah. That'll piss some people off. Oh, definitely. Um, there are a few other things and you haven't mentioned it and I don't know if you noticed it. Did you notice the robot zombie? I noticed something. So there were two in this casino scene. Um, there was two zombies that get shot in the face, and the, they're robots, and they were robots. Sparks flew. Yeah, out I noticed faces. that, but I didn't know. I if... didn't know if I didn't know whether you did notice, and I just kind of was wondering, like, what you thought on that because it's well, a it's I... a tease, which I assume is for something. Well, I noticed it's weird. A zombie gets <laughs> shot in the head, and his eyes flashing blue. Yeah, I think so. And when it went onto the floor, and I was like, "There's one whose face literally gets blown off, and you see the mechanics." And I didn't see. see I didn't notice metal. that. Yeah, so but I, 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 I saw think it's um, Guzman's character who shoots it just before his character gets attacked. Um, he shoots someone and you see its face and it hits the ground. You see sparks and you see the metal plate under its face, which is really weird. But it's it's got, I think, like you said, blue eyes. I think it has flashing blue eyes as well. Yeah. Um, and it's a really weird kind of thing. And um, I, I was looking, I was looking out for it because I read a review the other day, and it said this weird thing where we just get a random two robots, and it's never explained. Yeah. Um, and it, I believe again. So this sounds like it's a tease for something else that's either meant to come in a sequel, potentially, or it, I don't know whether this will be mentioned in one of the other areas. If it will be mentioned in that Army of Thieves spin-off, or that will be but, more about that. Or... But the, I mean, saying saying that the only kind of logical sense i can see not you know only just basically discovering that you'd also seen that yeah. <laughs> because i didn't read any reviews of this is potentially is it um you know like a uh you know u.s government spy zombie yeah it put could, in there to monitor them or something it could like be that, you know? it could be and it could also be something related like it could be related to the um uh, the Bly T Tanaka billionaire who sends them in, like it's shown that he's had several teams that have gone in, and he's trying to get one of the zombie sources. So it could be, but you know, there's some relation there. But the weird thing is that the, these robot zombies are attacking the people, and they seem to just be standard alphas until we see random. <laughs> it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird scene that we get this kind of thrown in there. Um, I have it like it's not been hugely, and I don't think it's even mentioned on on any of the the, the forums or, like that much. But it will be a, a sticking point where people will ask. There's just a few characters and a few ca that are kind of just left open, I guess. Yeah, um, and a few little like hints to stories that happened that don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, including uh, yeah, okay, it doesn't it, it, there, you've got it there, including robot zombies. So yeah, it, it's it's weird. It, it's left open. I guess it's a tease for something else. I wouldn't say that this is as bad as, say, a, a superhero one where they're basically teased something that's going to come. And it's like, 
this feels way too early or too soon or and it's not overly in your face so as you said you could have missed you, you could, could have missed, missed it yeah well um, I, I only saw one and so. you might not read into the last vengeance thing and think of anything you might be like okay yeah he was a mess like that's fine with me yeah but i guess we kind of think into things <laughs> a little bit more um but yeah even with his daughter or what happens uh we have van is kind of his story's kind of left open or even even we have a bit with the uh Dita and what actually happened to him we have these kind of little questions yeah. and we have a few like kind of i think thrown in near the beginning of like what's going on in the world what actually was the experiment what which i think uh, Zack snyder has obviously left on purpose to kind of give us that kind of hint but again this is another snyderism or whatever we call it that he does seem like he struggles to just make a standalone film <laughs> He hasn't yeah. really made many standalone films where they haven't been teased for a sequel or a follow-up or an well, idea that could go on. Well, 300 had the tease at the end. Yeah, um, I think even Watchmen was talked about that he had ideas for where else Watchmen could go, even though it was a standalone like graphic novel kind of thing. He had an idea. Um, so he hasn't often said, and he still has stuck with this kind of thing. But at least it's not completely in your face. So you're like, oh, oh my, okay. I, you've just, it feels like an incomplete film. The film does feel complete enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, you know, I mean, for me, I think you, you could watch you could watch this as it's as a standalone film, yeah. and not read into anything. I think if this film didn't, let's say, I mean, let's say it, it didn't have this anime prequel or, or, or it didn't you know yeah. didn't have a spin-off or it didn't get a uh sequel you could watch it and be like okay it's an open and shut story yeah you know the characters get their conclusions you know character arts come and go there's a little tease at the end but you it's not overly you know it's it's not like it's a massive thing you know i'm thinking if you'd have watched um what, what was the first marvel film that had the the thanos tease at the end uh, I, uh, that was Avengers. The first Avengers has yeah. the Thanos teaser at the end. If um, you'd have watched Captain America, and you know, or and well, they all had teasers. They all had little things. Yeah, but imagine, it's like it's like if, if we you watched, watched the Iron film. Man. If Iron Man had never gone past the first one with Nick Fury, Nick Fury's like, I've got an idea for a, and then that le is left there, like okay, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It doesn't it doesn't particularly feel as if it's like a or as we mentioned last time, the Dark Universe with the Mummy. Yeah, that actually kind of mentions and kind of oh, there's another thing out there, or we have Jekyll and Hyde with Russell Crowe. It's like yeah, but you're never gonna oh, actually Justice League. Let's go yeah. to that one. Justice League. That's the best example because the Justice League film literally hints at Dark Side and the and yeah, let's I don't know. Maybe we'll be surprised, but it doesn't look like that's happening. So there you go. You've got a giant tease. Yeah. Which is never going to get a follow-up. But that one's like big teases. Like you actually get, to, in his cut, you get to see Dark Side. You get to see thing. You get the idea of what yeah. you go on. He even leaves it on a cliffhanger by doing a, a thing with the Joker and Batman in the in a future. And he's given us all this stuff and we may never get that. So this is not that. You could watch the film you're not going to be left like Justice League, which Rob hasn't seen, but if you've seen it, it's not going to be left like that, where it's like, okay, so that was good enough, but now it's kind of like, I'd like to know how this concludes, and I'm not yeah. going to know how this concludes. Like, you'd have to worry about this. This end, this is pretty much, it pretty much ends here, 
And if it continues, it would most likely be with a new story or a different cast using similar ideas. Yeah, I could about you know I think the... I don't think it will return to the same cast if it's like that. No, I don't, I don't think it, it can. <laughs> and I don't, and I, but I think there is definitely scope. Like you said, you know, he's toy, he's played with the idea of alpha zombies and these zombies um, kind of learning and creating their own society in a way. So, and I think there's, there's scope to continue that. But is there scope to go back and do a heist film in Las Vegas part two? No, because Las Vegas gets nuked. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> straight off the bat, there's not. But there is, you know, could you fight, the, you know, is Army of the Dead 2, could they do something in scope? Yeah, yeah they could. It um, wouldn't, it, I mean, if, if Netflix is willing to pay... If Netflix was winning, you know, then, yeah. then I would say, then you know what? For the first time ever, we've got a chance to do big budget zombie films where this could lead to, like, a we mentioned, like you mentioned before, like a war of the yeah, dead. war or, of the you know, I mean, like those kind of things. We could we could get to that point where the alpha ones versus people where humanity gets properly savaged after whatever happens. We could have a good trilogy of these where just hopefully. The only one out of those things that worried me a little bit is the idea of these, like the robot one, was the only one that worried me more than the most. Because it's like there is the opportunity that Zack Snyder could take this too far and try to make too many different classes of zombies. Yeah, definitely. Because we do get a couple of different, uh, on top of the, uh, the zombie ones and the alpha ones, we obviously have the standard ones. Uh, but we get the standard ones hibernate in this one, which at first I thought it was off with, but it leads to such an awesome scene that it actually I was like, yeah, yeah. No, actually, this worked. But I could, I could feel, I could almost feel like this could, it could be like we've mentioned that side. There is the possibility that this one works well, well, but we have seen it with sequels where the first one works well and they try to build on those ideas and other sequels where yeah. it goes. You've overdone it. You've done too many. You've like you've done you've packed too many ideas in now. But yeah. It doesn't work anymore. You've broken it because it's too many classes. Too many different. You know what zombies are we gonna get? We're gonna get all kinds of crazy kind of Spider-Man three man. Yeah. You've got too just many. Pack it in. Too many. Um, too much villains. Too many different ideas are going on here. So let's just hope that Zach Snyder kind of still stays a little bit. New idea, great, but streamlined. Let's kind of keep it on this. I think the alphas are the way to go with this. Yeah, like definitely. Build on the alphas, the idea that they could rise up, that they could start taking over parts of the world. And let's build it to a, I think, a, I like I like the idea of a war, similar to the planet of the apes where they were kind of building knowledge and building that. Yeah. And it, it led to the humans' extinction, except this time the zombies themselves will be the extinction. Well, that's what you could do, man. If, if, if Netflix are listening, you can contact me and you can have the rights to Army of the Dead, War of the Dead, and... The concluding one, Planet of the Day. <laughs> I'm I will be trademarking those in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's get the websites. Yeah, I mean, have you got anything else to kind of add? Um, no, not really. I I feel like we've touched it without we. You know, there are plenty of characters out there. There's a there's a good roster of characters here where we haven't ruined the how they go or anything like that, or no. if they go. So there's plenty there where I feel like even if you by chance had not actually properly watched it, you can still go and watch this now and we haven't completely ruined no. the plot for you. I mean, I would I would say because there were you know, like Zack Snyder is a very love him or hate him director. Yeah. And I would as somebody who's not really into, you know, superhero films, so doesn't have a that kind of almost tainted vision of Zack Snyder. Um you know, because I, I did I watched the films but they don't 
did stick in my head, you know. Yeah. I would I would recommend watching it. I think I I I can I could see this being my favorite Zack Snyder film just because it is it's fun, it ticks boxes for me, you know, but that's yeah. just for me. Personally. This is very much in your definitely like in your soul. Like horror is very much like your like genre in a way like yeah. you know, it is and it very much is for me in that kind of way but you're very much like if you could choose to watch anything you'll watch the horror you'll yeah. just keep watching horrors kind of thing and like yeah so with Zack Snyder same again but I've never greatly disliked any of his films I get what he's doing and I've always said that he it's not perfect what he does yeah um I, I do think that like I don't know if he's ever made a perfect film I would say Dawn of the Dead is actually for me probably the one that's the most easy well edited and straightforward film that yeah. he's made Everything else he's made has been a bit more complicated, a bit thing. And yes, they've always been just a little bit overstuffed where, you know, a, t- a tighter edit at times could work. But this is, if you've come for a zombie film in Las Vegas, yeah. where people die, gore happens, and you get crazy things like zombie tigers, horses, and all kinds of shit like that, and you want to see Dave Bautista like, go toe-to-toe with a couple of zombies, <laughs> smash them against the walls, then... That's it. You yeah. sorted. You know what I mean? And if you want a little bit more depth to it, Zack Snyder does try to add that into it, which, yeah. as I said, at times I felt maybe bogged it down a little bit. But, and that's a weird one for me because I'm normally very much into the Garrett <laughs> stuff, but this time I didn't completely feel that. But that was my only major thing that I was like, yeah, I'm not that keen on that part, some parts of those bits. But I would say 100%. You should, if you haven't already seen this film, you should watch it. And if you disagree with it, Get in touch with us, and we want to hear what you want to say. what you want to say. Let's go over to Bobby for that kind of part. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we are over on Twitter and Instagram at CMTH Podcast. Um, we hope that you've uh, enjoyed this kind of look into Zack Snyder. It's been kind of a little bit of a two-parter, um, but come and let us know your thoughts on Army of the Dead, uh, your thoughts on Zack Snyder, pretend, you know, as a director, and your thoughts on where this franchise could go. Uh, hit the subscribe button for future episodes. And if you leave us a, uh, a review, that's always helpful. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.